0: My name's Roger. If I haven't met you, I'm one of the pastors here at Some of You. And it's my pleasure to uh, lead you through this scripture today. I was reminded at a uh, community group on Friday night that there are two kinds of people that deal with scripture there are the tree people, and there are the forest people. Now, for those of you who don't understand what that is, let me explain it. Tree people are those that get into the depth and the words of the Scripture. And forest people are the theologians, so look at the big picture. So today, I'm going to be acting as a tree person. Anyway, I want to start with a story, a story that's pretty close to me. Some of you may know this, and some may not. But here's the deal. You go to the doctor, and he or she decides they're going to run some tests. And later, you get a call saying, you need to come back and see me. You set up the appointment, and when you get there, the doctor comes in with a grim face and says, I'm sorry to say, you have cancer. Now, immediately, fear and anxiety begins to set in. You think, am I going to die? What's going to happen to my family? Have I prepared my family for such a time? And the doctor says, we need to start treatment right away. And at this point you can make some pretty irrational decisions if you don't seek information from our God. Now, I hope that very few of you can relate to this kind of story. But today, what I want to do is I want to share with you what Psalm 46 led me to believe and can lead you to believe on how to deal with tragedy that comes into your life or other troubles that can come and cause you pain and distress. This psalm is most likely written to commemorate the time that King Hezekiah sought God when the Assyrian army was surrounding Israel. And because King Hezekiah went to God, God sent his army of angels and destroyed 185,000 troops. Now, you can read about that in Isaiah 37. It's a really interesting story. It also could commemorate the time that Korah and his family decided that they were going to reject God's direction. And when they did, God opened up the earth beneath them and destroyed them all, telling all those others, go away from these people because I'm about to discipline them. You can read about that in Numbers chapter 16, another interesting story. So, this psalm speaks about God's power in all situations, both in protecting his people and also disciplining, and in some cases, destroying people. So, Psalm, Psalm 46 commemorates times and memories in Israel's history, but it also commemorates and provides memories in most recent history. Martin Luther, as a boy, was a very accomplished musician. History tells us that he wrote hymns for the church. One of his famous hymns is The Mighty Fortress Is Our God. He wrote that hymn based on this psalm, the 46th psalm. In fact, in many times of trouble, he was often quoted as saying, Come, let us sing the 46th psalm. It is said that this hymn was the battle hymn of the Reformation. You see, when Luther nailed his thesis on the church door, he began to get quite a bit of ridicule and persecution because he was suggesting things that the then Roman Catholic Church did not agree with. So this psalm was very helpful in his life, helping him understand how God takes care of his own. And I think it should be very important in our lives because we can take heart knowing that since God is for us, no one can be against us. And certainly nothing that we should fear. Luther's explanation of the psalm was... We sing this psalm to the praise of God because God is with us and powerfully and miraculously preserves and defends his church and his word against all fanatical spirits, against the gates of hell, against the implacable hatred of the devil, and against all the assaults of the world, the flesh and sin. Now, it was brought to my attention that there are possibly people in our midst that have never heard or sung this particular hymn. So if you'll indulge me, I would like to teach it to you and sing it with you this morning. I know that's an odd thing to do in message, but This is something I think is important because you will get a great understanding of this psalm through the singing and understanding the words of this hymn.
1: who that may be Christ Jesus it is he little word shall fail him that word above all earthly powers no thanks to them abideth the spirit and the gifts are ours through him who with us sideth let goods and kings Truth abideth still, his kingdom is forever.
0: Awesome, I can see a lot of you people singing it, so I know a lot more of you know it than I was told.
1: (laughs) That's great.
0: Thanks, Suzanne. So this psalm contains words that help people in different historical periods get through difficult times. I want to walk us through verse by verse so we can fully understand what God is telling us, explaining how we should deal with tragic situations in our lives and the importance of trusting him. Let's look at verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. While we can't always pull ourselves out of trouble or fix what is broken in our lives, we do have a God who is capable of helping us through any difficult situation we find ourselves. What the world throws at us doesn't have to cause us fear. God can make a way for us to feel safe and at peace. When we see the word refuge in the Bible, it should make us think of the refuge cities written about in the book of Numbers. Remember, the Israelite Israelite law was a tooth for a tooth, an eye for an eye. So God told them to have refuge cities where if someone accidentally killed someone, they could pack up and move to that city and stay safe as long as they stayed there. Today, God is our refuge. When we have problems, we can go to him and find rest and peace. God is our strength. God showed us how powerful he is by speaking everything into existence at creation. He again demonstrated his power by destroying everything he had made when he wiped out everything at the flood. I'm pretty sure that the people who were taken out during that flood, realized that Noah was not the crazy person they thought he was building an ark in the middle of the desert. God's strength can provide us with confidence as we know we can, he helps us get through troublesome and tragic times. God is our very present in trouble. The Hebrew for very present is making himself found exceedingly, meaning God is easily found. We simply have to look for him. These words tell us God has a close personal relationship with those he loves. This was true of the children of Israel, and it's true of us who are Christians today. We can go to him through his word and through prayer to seek his presence in our time of need. Verses 2 and 3 tells us that we shouldn't fear when things are falling apart around us. This word picture is obviously of an earthquake. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains are moved into the heart of the sea, though its water roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Like an earthquake, trouble can come on us quickly. So we need to understand troubles will happen and they can come quicker than we're ready for. Sometimes we can see a way of escaping the trouble. However, many times trouble is so overwhelming, only God can help us get through it. The psalmist provides a frightening example of trouble for us. Think of it. During an earthquake, one doesn't know what to do. Of course, we know that we should leave a building so it doesn't crumble on top of us. But what else can we do? Very little. The ground is unstable. We can be shaken to the point of falling. But the psalmist says we should trust in God in our hour of trouble, no matter what that trouble is. Maybe it's an earthquake. Maybe it's a flash flood. Maybe we are told we have an incurable disease. Maybe we lose our job. Maybe we face a huge financial loss. Perhaps we lose a loved one. Whatever trouble we face, God will help us get through it. We need to call to him and ask for his help and comfort. We should remember we can find him in the scriptures and prayer, simply talking to him as we would a friend. At the end of this verse, we find the word selah. While we don't know the exact meaning of this word, it is generally accepted that it possibly means to pause and consider what was just read. A second meaning could also be a pause, like we have a rest in our music. So this could be the psalmist ending a stanza or verse We have to remember, psalm, this psalm was called a psalm, as many psalms were. And they were used in worship during times in Israel. So to recap this stanza, we can trust God when our world is literally falling apart. In fact, those are the times we should put our trust in God because we are ill-equipped to overcome such situations on our own. But God understands what is happening and he can help us see our way through. Similar to as he did the Israelites as he walked them through the Red Sea in their escape from Egypt. Now after defining the kind of troubles we may face, the psalmist turns to speak of peace and provision from God. Verses 4 and 5. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. God protects his own. There isn't a river running through Jerusalem, the city of God. However, the river may speak to the river in the Garden of Eden and a time when there was peace, when God walked through the garden with Adam and Eve. A time like it will be when Jesus returns to make things right, or as they should be. It may also refer, refer to God's provision of the living water that Jesus spoke to the Samaritan woman at the well in John's Gospel. In any case, it is speaking of how God provides for his place and his people. We see God is in the midst of his city, and that city may not be moved by anyone or anything. God takes care of his own, similar to when morning dawns. We may have troubles in our lives, but as a new day dawns, with it, bringing a newness. God will bring a time of peace and calmness and newness in our lives, ending that time of trouble. These should be very comforting words to us because God says he will not allow our troubles to last. His people will be saved. Like we're told in Ephesians, we are heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. We are part of his family, and he takes care of his family. Verse 6 may be speaking of the Assyrian army, nations rage, the sink, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice and the earth melts. God's voice has the power to accomplish anything. He speaks to bring quiet in a time of war and to bring peace in a time of chaos and unrest. His voice is powerful enough to melt even the earth. When we have a God like this on our side, why should we fear anyone or anything? Satan wants to deceive us into thinking our troubles are bigger than our God. He will use all kinds of things in his quest to persuade us we should fear trouble. The words of this psalm should help us realize God takes care of his own, and even Satan can't harm us When we are in his care. Besides we should know that enemies we face. Similar to the enemies that Israel faced. Melt when they see the power of our God. For it's just like the psalmist says. God's voice can melt even the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. God is our protector in a time of trouble. God is with his people. As Christians, we can take heart that Christ and the Holy Spirit are with us. When trouble comes, we should remember those words and understand God will protect us from any storm we face. We can go to him and be assured he will help us through any trouble and bring peace to our lives. Again, at the end of this verse, we find that word, Selah, asking us to possibly pause and think about what was just read or get ready for the next stanza. To recap this stanza or verse, we can trust our God when every circumstance is unstable because he is immovable. No one can change God's mind about you. No one can change his gracious position toward you. Unlike a building in an earthquake, God doesn't move. He is a trustworthy even when all else in our life shakes or is falling apart. The Lord of hosts is an important title. It refers to the unmatched power of God and his heavenly army against any opponent. Let's look at the time Elisha asked the Lord to open his servant's eyes so he could see the heavenly army about to crush the army surrounding them. We find this in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 16. Do not be afraid, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed and said, O oh Lord, please open his eyes that he may see, so the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire around Elisha. It's important for us to understand that while we can't see, the spirit world, it is there for God to use as he wills. What we must do is ask God to show us through the storms in our lives, and he's faithful to do that just as he responded in this passage in Kings. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. Once again, the psalmist states the power and might of our God, saying we should observe God's mighty works in creation, similar to what Paul tells us in Romans. Because as our observance of creation, we should recognize that our God exists. The intricacies and systems in creation show a master craftsman put everything together, and it wasn't happenstance or evolution, as science tells us. The psalmist points out that God has the power to make everything, and God has also demonstrated the power to destroy everything. Reminding the reader of the flood that erased everything except what was saved on the ark with Noah and his family... Or perhaps how God destroyed the firstborn of Egypt to, get, to let, get Pharaoh to let his people go. God's power is unequal to create things or to destroy, destroy things. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. We need to understand when God wants a war to end, it ends. Just like the 185,000 troops that surrounded Israel, when God decided those people needed to be taken care of, he took care of them. So, he will destroy anything that is standing in the way or causing a war. God eliminates the implements of war. Breaking bows, shattering spears, burning chariots, possibly referring again to the Assyrian conflict, the psalmist says God makes wars cease, reminding us of all the times that God fought against enemies and rescued his people, perhaps recalling God saving his people out of Egypt, protecting them while they settled in the land that God had given them. I'm sure these words brought many memories to the people reading and singing them. God protected and saved his people from their enemies many times. And for us, God sent Jesus to rescue us from sin and death that was holding us captive and enslaving us. These are the kinds of enemies we face, and only our faith in Jesus will save us. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. After talking about destroying the implements of war, the psalmist says to be still. This is more than just being silent or sitting quietly. To be still is more. Strong's Dictionary tells us that it means to cease, forsake, let alone weaken, be slack, faint. In other words, cease striving. Let go of your fears and trust God. When fear has a hold of us, we are not relaxed. We are tense. We have a flight or fight attitude, which causes us tension. To be still, we have to relax and trust God is in control and will care for us. We go to him in prayer and seek his comfort and peace. We read his word and find comfort and understanding. Moving on to the next portion of this verse, God knows that just as when the time was right, Jesus came into the world the first time. He will come again to make things right. At that time, indeed, every nation will exalt our God. Based on how what we see the world and how God is treated today, it's kind of difficult to believe this will happen. But... God knows there will be a time that he will be exalted by all, and every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. This is a repeat of verse 7, perhaps similar to one of the choruses in our songs today. However, many times when things are repeated in Scripture, it is to emphasize a thought. So to end the psalm, we are told again, the Lord of hosts, which is the Lord of angels and powers, is the one who is with us. So why would we fear anything? The God of Jacob is our fortress. The God who could change Jacob into Israel stands for us and protects us. So why would we fear anything? You must remember, Jesus told his disciples in John, the 16th chapter, in this world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Meaning the world can do nothing to us. We are, as Paul tells us, sojourners in a foreign land. For our home is in heaven with our Savior and our God. So the world can do nothing to us, and if we are taken out of this world, passing through the threshold of life to our final home in heaven, we can be at peace knowing we have nothing to fear, for our God will protect us from anything and everything. Anything and everything that would attempt to take us from him. In closing, we have to remember our greatest help in tragedy is not understanding how dire our circumstances, but knowing and meditating on the power of God to save. It is our circumstances that try to focus us on the unfaithful fear, ungodly anxiety, and our evil passions. These arise when we are feel cornered, when we can know from psalms like this we shouldn't feel cornered or allow our circumstances to dictate our lives. When we remember the words of this psalm, we should be at peace knowing we serve an all-powerful God, God who desires to help us in our time of need, and he is easily found when we look for him in scripture and in prayer. Now for the rest of the story. You see, when I met with that doctor and I heard those things, I asked God to show me the way. And he brought people into my lives that led me on a different path. You see, the doctor said they could treat me and they could guarantee five more years of my life. I sought God and found alternatives that could be used And I've already passed that five-year point. So it's important when we have something happen in our lives that feels like a tragedy, that we look to our God and say, God, what path should I take? How should I deal with this? Send me a message. Send me a messenger. He has people all through his churches that are listening to him and are used as his voice piece to us. We just have to remember that they're for us just like he is. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you that you care for us that you can take care of any situation that comes into our lives, that we can trust you. We can look to you and know that you have our best interest at hand. You will protect us from situations that are beyond our control. And you will help us and guide us as we look to you, similar to when King Hezekiah looked to you. And you provided his answer. We know you do the same for us. We thank you for that. And we pray that we will constantly be aware of how you are there for us and that we should not let fear and Satan, who uses fear, to cause us to doubt. That no, that wouldn't happen, but that we would rely on you knowing that you love us and you care for us. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.